Good morning, everyone. Okay, today's share should be a continued bakasha in Zechosav Avakasha Baruch that he should continue to watch over all of our brothers and sisters and return the captives as soon as possible and heal all Holy Israel quickly and speedily and completely. Okay, so we're actually not going to even open the Gemara today because we have so many topics that are still, on Chafam Beis, we still have Kiddush we're going to finish today. We have to do Havdalah and then benching, and then next week in Mitzvah Shem we'll start the new Mishnah probably on, on Wednesday, which talks about a totally, totally different topic about Valkyrie. Um, but uh, this is a critically important topic, so let's just uh, delve right into it. So we discussed very briefly so far about the concept of women in Kiddush, what the purpose of Kiddush is, the, Ram- the Ramachlokas. Yesterday we discussed Rambam, Ramban, whether it's to demarcate the beginning and bookend the Shabbos, in which case the Rambam says it's a very important, Zachreu, you have to remember in order to vitsiyaso in the beginning and the end, and therefore he will hold that Havdalah is also in Torah, not just not just Kiddush. Whereas the Ramban says it's really our way to infuse Kedusha into Shabbos, and therefore it makes sense that he holds only Kiddush as in Torah, but not Havdalah, because Havdalah you're not infusing any Kedusha. It's the exact opposite. It's the beginning of Chol. That's where we left off yesterday. So let's actually now discuss, uh, in order to understand a little bit of Kiddush, I wanted to get through this yesterday, but yesterday we only had 20 minutes. Today we have uh, much more time, but it's a little more in Yana Diyoma to yesterday. So the question really is as follows. The Gemara in Brachostaf, Memtas, we're going to get to it eventually, discusses the following question, and that is, what is our obligation? Am I missing a page here? I am actually missing a page. Okay, I do. So the Gemara discussed in Daf Mem Tes, it says as follows. It says that when do we go ahead and what is the obligation as far as repeating benching if one was to forget Yala Viovo or would say, does one have to go ahead and back and repeat it? So the Gemara... But in general, in other words, what ha- do you always have to repeat? So the Gemara in Brachos Daf Mem Tes says... If you are obligated to partake in a suda which has bread, such as Shabbos and Yantif, then you're obligated to go back and repeat the benching. If there is no obligation to have a meal that day, then you do not have to go back on benching. For example, if someone was to forget Yalav Yavo in the benching of Rosh Chodesh, on Rosh Chodesh you eat, you wash, and you, and you bench. And you remember you forgot Yalav Yavo. Do you have to go back? So the halach is you do not have to go back since there's no obligation to have a meal on Rosh Chodesh. As opposed to, as opposed to Shabbos and Yontif. If you forget Ritzei or you forget Yalav Yavo on Yontif, since there's a chi of suta, you're obligated to partake in a meal with bread, you would have to go back. The question is, the, the Rav had a very, very unique understanding of this. And with that, but we're going to... Can you go? No, it's, you're not obligated, but... No, it's you a bracha atala. You, you can never make a bracha if you don't need to. You can never say Shem Hashem if you don't need to. Right? So you, you, do not, you do not go back. The Rav had a different understanding. He said the reason why... This is unbelievable and very important to listen to because this is going to be uh, critical for the next part of this year. The Rav said that the reason we go ahead and we have a... We have to go ahead and... It mentioned the unique character of the day, whether it be Yalav Yavo for Rosh Chodesh or for Yontif or say for Shabbos. It is not simply to fulfill the mitzvah of benching. It is really to define and to label and designate that meal as a special meal for that day. Meaning, what's Koveya the Suda Shabbos as a Suda Shabbos and not a regular Saturday afternoon meal is the fact that we insert Ritzay into the benching. 
Okay, that defines the character of the day. It's Koveya, his Lashon is, and this is most of what I'm going to say today, is from a share from Rav Shechter, and based on uh, the Rav Shear that are mentioned in his Sefer, Shreem Lezech Avimor, he used to give Yurtzeit shares in memory of his father, and therefore, <clears throat> and so the, most of this is based on Rav Shechter's uh, understanding of, of the Rav Shear. So, basically, when we go ahead and we bench and we say Yalav Yavo on a Yontif, or we say in the Shabbos, it's not so much a kiyum in the benching in as much as, as it is a fulfillment in the designation or labeling that meal as a Suda Shabbos. Sure. It, it, assuming it's a Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, right. and you remember to say Ritzay, but you didn't say Yalav Great Yavo, question, great question, then, then great question. So you would not have to go back for that, for that reason. Right, because... what? So what? This is fantastic. Thank you. So that is the purpose of he designates the the, the meal as a kovea. The Rav says based on this, you actually understand the halacha. There's halacha. I think it's Simon Kuf Peches that says as follows: If you have three people who bench with zimon, and they forget in, on Shabbos to say ritzay, the halacha is they have to repeat benching, but they don't need the zimon. They all say it individually. Okay, again, if you have a zimon and you say that you have three people, three men get together on Shabbos and they go ahead and they bench together on Shabbos and they all forget to say Ritzay. The halacha is they have to go back, but they bench for the second time individually, not with Torah zimon, not with the zimon. And the Rav said very simply, because they fulfilled their obligation of Berchas HaMazon. They benched. They benched. What they lacked was the obligation to be koveya the suda as a suda Shabbos. That they could do on their own. You only need a zimun mm. for benching purposes, but not to be koveya the suda, not to designate and, and delineate that meal as a Shabbos meal. Therefore, when they go ahead and repeat, they bench individually because they already fulfilled Berchas HaMazam, so they don't need the zimun aspect now. Now it's just to be koveya the suda. And the Rav would say, <clears throat> so let, now let's extend that now. So that is what is, establishes the, the Ritzay and, and establishes the meal as a Suda Shabbos. Similarly, Yalav Yavo and Yontif establish it as a, as a Yontif meal. There's no obligation to eat a Rosh Chodesh meal. And therefore, if one was to forget Yalav Yavo benching, he fulfilled benching. Right? He fulfilled benching. But there's no obligation to be Koveya Suda as a Rosh Chodesh because there is no Inyan of a, of a Suda. Of, there's no Chiv Suda. Now let's take that to the next step. And, and this is really where <clears throat> the launching pad for today. What is the purpose? We're familiar with the concept of Kiddush B'makam Suda, right? You have to make Kiddush in the place that you eat, okay? Meaning, if one was to go ahead and just make, uh, have a quick schnapps here and make an, an, uh, a, 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 um, whiskey or scotch here and doesn't eat anything, and then he goes home, did he actually fulfill the mitzvah? Is that Kiddush B'makam Suda? No, because no, he didn't have any Suda. What defines the Suda? This is a very, very big machlokas brought down in the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch brings the opinion of the Gaonim, which is what we rely on. The Gaonim say, Suda is defined as a Mizonos. And we rely on this. We're, we're Mekil, that we go ahead and after we have Mekidish, we have a Ritz cracker and a piece of, a piece of kakosh cake, and we're, we're, we, we rely on that. That is Kiddush B'makam Suda according to the Gaonim. Vilna Gon had a very different interpretation. The Vilna Gon believed that you have to have a full meal after Kiddush. Kiddush B'makam Su'uda doesn't mean Mizonos. It actually means having a full meal. 
And <clears throat> this is in contrast, obviously, to the widespread minhag that we all do. We just have a little mizonos. So what, what is actually going on here? What, what is the, um, what's the machlokas here? So the Rav explained as follows. Rav Salvechik, just like he explained over there that the benching is koveya, the suud as one of his suud, the Shabbos, he says, when we go ahead, he says as follows. He says, the Rav explains the, the Vilna Gon's purpose uh, the purpose of Kiddush is to be koveya that su'uda as a su'uda Shabbos. In other words, without Kiddush, it wouldn't be defined as a su'uda Shabbos, says Rav Salvechik, and therefore we accomplish it in two ways. How do we define the meal as a su'uda Shabbos? So at the end we bench and we say say. but at the beginning, the beginning bookend is Kiddush. So without Kiddush, it's not defined as su'uda Shabbos. So if you go ahead and make Kiddush here and have a Mizonos here, and then go home and don't make Kiddush, that meal is not going to be defined as a Seudah Shabbos, as a meal designated for Shabbos. Also different compared to the week. Right, correct, correct. Um, so now, so the, the position of the Gaonim is that the requirement of Seudah of Kiddush is an independent mitzvah. It has nothing to do with establishing that meal as a Seudah Shabbos. It's simply a separate mitzvah. It's to enhance the actual, it's to enhance the Kiddush. The Rashbam was Rashi's grandson, right? Rashbam is in three Masechtos. One of them is Psachim. And Arve Psachim, in the last parak, the Rashbam discusses the purpose of Kiddush, where it discusses Kiddush there, actually gives these two reasons. One is to be Koveya, the Seudahs, the Seudah Shabbos. The other one is to give more importance to, to the Kiddush. If it's followed by an elaborate meal, you're elevating the status of Kiddush. So both of these reasons, the way the Rav explained the, the Vilna Gon and the Gonim can be found in the Rashbam. Again, according to the, the Gural, the Vilna Gon, the purpose of Kiddush is to infuse it, the Kedusha, to make it, to designate it, to establish that meal as one of Shabbos. It's not a regular Saturday meal. It's a Shabbos meal. And you need the Kiddush in the beginning to mark the beginning and mark the end as benching. And therefore, you have to have a full meal with the Kiddush. We don't rely on that. We're making, we hold like the Gonim, that all you need is Mizonos, which is what we rely on when we make Kiddush here. Okay, now, <clears throat> it's interesting to note... <clears throat> when you go home, you're to make another Kiddush? Oh, so according to Vilna Gon, you absolutely have to make another Kiddush. Yeah, according to the Gonim. The Gonim, no, you're Yotze Kiddush Makam Suda. That's Suda Makam Kiddush. So you're, that, that's the flip coin. Suda Makam Kiddush means you have to have the Suda we made your Kiddush. But we're just talking about, are you Yotze Kiddush? So if you have the Suda, and make, you fulfill the Kiddush. What defines the suda? Is it a full elaborate meal with washing and benching? That's the gura. Is it just mizono? So if you have kiddush makom suda, then you're yotzei the kiddush. What you're talking about is the opposite. You need your suda makom kiddush. That's a separate question. But so according to the goanim, you don't have to. According to the gura, Vilna Gon, you do have to. In fact, if you apply this rationale to Shabbos day, that you have to make kiddush right before you eat the meal, as the Vilna Gon does. Um, <clears throat> so the Vilna Gon, sorry, says that. Sorry, my apologies. The, the Vilna Gon says that you have to have the full meal right after we eat. The Gaonim we rely on says you just need Mizonos. Now, the, you, you can't necessarily rely on this for Friday night. Friday night, you're not, Friday night you have to make Kiddush right before you eat, okay? Because there's no one, no one says you're Yotze the meal Friday night just with a little bit of, of Mizonos. So that, that wouldn't apply, okay? Now, according to the Rav's understanding, by the way, the, the, what, what Jack just asked, it would be proper to make Kiddush a second time when you go home. 
because you didn't, you were not Yotze Kiddush if you just went ahead and had something here. More importantly, it's not defined as a Suda. If you want to define your Suda Shabbos as a Suda Shabbos, when you go home, you have to make Kiddush again, even if you had a full meal here. But that you're not defining. If you have Kiddush here, let's say a full Kiddush, they have the Gala Kiddush. But that's not your intention to have meal. You're not washing necessarily. That's not your Suda Shabbos. When you go home again, you have to make Kiddush according to the Vilna Gon. And based on the Rav's understanding of Vilna Gon, one should go ahead and make Kiddush a second time. Uh, most people don't have a problem making Kiddush a second, third, and a fourth time, but that's a separate point. The second question is, I thought you only make Kiddush when you go home if there's someone at home that didn't do So that's exactly what the Rav is saying. So the Rav Salvechik believed, based on the Vilna Gold's interpretation, that you, you're not Yoti the full Kiddush here if you don't have it followed by a full Suda. Right? The two opinions are, I'm not sure when you walked in, the Gaonim say all you need is Mizonos. So if you have a Bitz Cracker afterwards, you're, you're Yotze. A Ritz Cracker, you're Yotze. That's fine. You need a full meal. Why? Why do you need a full meal? Because that defines the meal as a special meal, not a Saturday meal, but as a Shabbos meal that we're obligated to partake in. So the first question is sort of more related to what you're answering. I mm-hmm. said, why don't we, or why do we actually say Kiddush in davening on Friday night when there's no Mizonas, there's no anything? What if we didn't say Kiddush? Like, it, it, the, it, so, it, oh, so the reason why they instituted that. The Kiddush is so connected to good. the meal. So the reason, no the reason for that is there are people who, who weren't, to mostly those who were not going to make Kiddush at home. We live in different times than they used to live in, where people come from out of town, or they walked far away, they may not have had Kiddush. So that was really made for the people that would, would not have hear, heard Kiddush otherwise. Well, would they have connected it to any kind of a Mizonis or any kind of food? Like, you're, sort, you're sort of saying the whole point of Kiddush is to connect it to sanctifying the meal. Correct. To make the whole meal a Shabbosdik experience. Correct. And I'm saying, oh, wait a second, time out, we do Kiddush. So those people may have eaten in shul in th- those times. If they know where else, the shul may have been their, their sanctuary to, you know, to, to have a meal. You, it was done for people who didn't have, didn't have a place to be. They do that in Europe and Australia. Yeah. Especially where you have yeah. a full-on... Yeah. So it's interesting. The, the Rav suggested that the minhag that we rely on only Mizonos might be based on two kulas. Kula number one is that we rely on the Gaonim. Number two, even if we rely like the, the Vilna Gon, that you need Shabbos to partake to make the meal, there is a sheet of the Ravad who we don't necessarily apostle like, but the Ravad says you can eat before Kiddush Shabbos day. I know many people are so mechan, even without knowing his shita, but the Ravad says one can eat Shabbos morning without, before, before um, davening, before uh, Kiddush, but that, that wouldn't apply to Friday night. Everyone agrees for it. Before Kiddush, I'm talking about, forget about Davin. It's a, we discussed that, it's a separate thing. We're talking about uh, before, before Kiddush. The Ravid says one can eat before Kiddush Shabbos morning, but neither of these kulas would apply Shab Friday night, because Friday night, nobody says you can go ahead and eat before, before Kiddush. So it's important, again, to go ahead and realize that even if we go back home, we should probably make Kiddush again in order to be choshish for the Shito of the Vilna Gon. Now it's interesting, Shmuel... The Amora Shmuel in Arve Psachim says as follows, Ideally, one should not have food on the table before they make Kiddush. If one was to have food on the table before they make Kiddush on Shabbos, very famous shita, Poris Mapo Makadesh. He should cover everything. It's a very famous phrase from last parak in Psachim, Arve Psachim, Poris Mapo Makadesh. He actually takes a tablecloth and he covers the food. And then you make Kiddush. Why? What's the reason for this? So Tosfos gives that there are three different opinions. What's the reason for this? And the first one is, because we're familiar with this one, the Lechem Mishnah was covered by dew on the bottom and was covered by dew on top. So Tosfos says, in or we have the tablecloth underneath and we have the challah cover on top of the challahs. 
Kosos' reason really only makes sense for the chalas, not for the rest of the food. In other words, if he's invoking a commemoration of the Lechem Mishnah, which we saw yesterday, was in commemoration for the double portion of man that fell on Friday. So Tosa says that's the reason why we're supposed to cover the food. When he says food, he's referring to the chalas. And therefore, you put on the bottom, you have the tablecloth, on top you cover the challah like this, and therefore that's what Shmuel was referring to. The other reason that's given is the Torah. He quotes the Mordechai and the Rush. The Torah, Shulchan Aruch, says as follows. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the famous phrase, Shelo Yireh Pas Boshto, that the bread should not be embarrassed. What does it mean that the bread should not be embarrassed? In the hierarchy of brachos, what's the first bracha that should always be made? Hamotzi, bread, exactly. Here, we reverse the order. We make Kiddush first on the wine. We make a bar priyagofen before, and therefore not to embarrass, meaning because we're going out of order, so we cover the challah. But if the challah, that would, that would su- suggest that if the challah was really uncovered, it should really go first. And therefore to you know, circumvent that issue, we go ahead and we cover the challah. But there's a, th- but there's a third reason. Tosos gives a reason, the name is Sholtos, and says as follows. He says... When we go ahead, listen to what he says. Paris Makadish, the reason why we go ahead and we cover the bread, in order that the Suda we should be defined as a Suda of Shabbos. Exactly what the Rav was saying. First you recite the Kiddush to be Koveya that meal as a Suda Shabbos, and then you bring the meal after you make Kiddush. In the event that you're going to have the food beforehand cover it. But if it's really to establish the meal of Shabbos, it's not just referring to the chalas. All the food should really be covered. In fact, Rav Salvechik believed that the first two reasons given here, whether it's that we don't embarrass the bread or that, um, <clears throat> or the first reason um, that in Zecherman were both agadic in nature, both very nice. They weren't real, the crux, the real crux, the real halachic source, he says, is this Tosfos, that in order to be Koveya the meal, so first you have Kiddush, and then any food you bring afterward is designated already as special food, designated for the special Shabbos. If the food is already on the table before before, Shab, uh, before you make Kiddush, it's not necessarily defined as a Suda Shabbos. So, now we understand the reason, by the way, for, now we understand the reason for um, being Koveya the Suda, with, with Kiddush. So at least according to the Vilna Gon, you have to have the full Suda. According to the, uh, the Gaonim, who we hold like, or we make you like, you just need Mizonos. Now we can go back and ask, I'm going to explain one more item. We said early when we first started, we see this whole concept of establishing a Suda as a Suda Shabbos or Suda Syantif. We said earlier, if someone forgets Yalev Yavon or Shchodesh, the halach is you do not go back. If you forget Yalev Yavon and Yantif, you go back. If you forget Ritzay on Shabbos, you go back and benching. Why? Because you had an obligation. There was a chi of Suda in those days. Tosos asked the following question. He says, he's misopak, he's, he's, he's unsure. If someone forgets Yalev uh, Ritzay on Shabbos at Shalashudas, does one go back? Well, you'll tell me you're not obligated to have three meals on Shabbos. Of course you should go back. But there are plenty of shitos that say all you need is fruit. You're yotzi with fruit. You don't necessarily need benching, uh, uh, bread. In that case, Tosfos is unsure. But Tosfos does say, if someone wants to have a fourth meal, let's say it's, a, it's summer, and you have a breakfast, you have a vasikin, you have vasikin, then you have breakfast, then you have lunch, and now it's 7 o'clock, you have shalshudas. This will be the fourth meal, Friday night, 
breakfast, lunch, dinner, fourth meal, and you forget Ritzei, Tosfos says you do not go back. That's clear, says Tosfos. Because, because there was no obligation to have that suda. So now we understand, uh, we can understand halacha, if we understand the background and the reason for things, halacha makes much more sense. So if you have a fourth meal, you don't have to go back because you're not obligated to have a fourth meal. That's like any meal on Rosh Chodesh. The third meal, however you want to call it, is the question because you may not, even though you have to have a meal, there are different opinions what one has to eat in order to fulfill that obligation. So that is just a little context of Kishmakam Suda. But to Jack's point, when we go home, we should go back and make a, a, a Kiddush again and then have the Suda right away because that is Koveya the Suda. Ideally, one should not bring the food beforehand if one does. I'm not telling you to fight with your wife if she sets the table beautifully. You have salmon waiting on the table on each, each plate. I wouldn't make an uproar, but theoretically, you should really cover the food. Uh, certainly, the challahs have to be covered for the three reasons we give, either zechelaman, either because we're going out of order in the brachos, or because it is to koveya, the, the meal, as a suda Shabbos, and therefore you need kiddush beforehand. Anyone have any questions? You can make the kiddush somewhere, not, next, not by the table the food is. Make your kiddush. Good. So that... But you have to eat something there because you need Kiddush B'makam Suda, and that, that's the opposite question. Do you need Suda B'makam Kiddush? Do you need to have your Suda? That's a whole t- separate topic, but we're not getting there today. That's all separate topic. That's the flip side of this. You need to have Kiddush is only defined as Kiddush if it immediately precedes the Suda. What if the Suda doesn't follow the Kiddush? If you, let's say you have, so that, that's your question here, basically. What happens if you make Kiddush here and you have Mizonos? When you go back home now, do you have to make Kiddush again? So that's relying on the Gaonim. And the Shulchan Aruch says, we're Mekel, like the Gaonim. We have to be Mekel. He doesn't say it. He brings the sheet of the Gaonim, and we, are, we have to be Mekel like the Gaonim. Um, either, the Rav said, two possibilities. Either because we pass like the Gaonim, or even if you pass like the Vilna Gaon, that you have to have Kiddush before the full Suda, the Ravid says that you can eat before you go ahead and make Kiddush. So maybe we're relying on that. But ideally, when we go home, we should really go back and make Kiddush and, and, um, and then have the meal. Now, well, it's not that you didn't make it. You, according to Villagon, you didn't make it. You, you were allowed to eat because of that, but that doesn't fulfill the obligation of Kiddush. Well, you shouldn't have any food. What, as the meal, you mean? Yeah. You should make kiddush before you. You should make kiddush before you eat anything. In other words, in order to define something as a kiddush, you need mizonos. So anytime you make kiddush, so you should, before you eat anything, Shabbos morning you should make kiddush once you daven chakras. Really shouldn't eat before davening anyway. It's a separate story. But assuming you daven now, you want to go. I'm just going to have an apple. You should make kiddush. You should have a cracker with it because it's not going to be defined as kiddush if you don't have at least the mizonos. So even before you have an apple, you should have Kiddush. Okay, now, we, have to, we discussed Kiddush, a lot of topics. Let's go now to the mitzvah of Avdallah. <coughs> Avdallah doesn't get as much uh, recognition as, uh, as, as Kiddush, so we're going to give it its due recognition. So now, we said yesterday, the Rambam, I'm quoting the Rambam, says, he says, Zachreu Zuchira Shevach. The Rambam says we have to remember a praiseworthy rem- remembrance of Shabbos. Again, the Rambam, it's not that we're infusing any man-made Kedusha into Shabbos, really to bookmark the beginning and the end. It says, You have to remember it in the beginning, in the entrance of Shabbos, and the exit of Shabbos. So you make Kiddush in the beginning, and you make Shabbos in the end. Now, 
Avdallah in the end, sorry. Included in this mitzvah of Kiddush is the mitzvah of Dala, which is also Daraisa. Rambam says it's Daraisa. Not everyone agrees it's Daraisa. Some say it's only Darabon and Rabbeinu Tam, the Magid Mishnah. The question is, and by the way, the Rambam extends Havdalah on a Torah level to include Yontif as well. And he says, because when the Torah refers to Shabbos, Zohar Sama Shabbos Likacho, it doesn't just mean Shabbos, it also means Yontif. What's the classic example? When it comes to Sfiras Omar, what do we say? Usfartem Lachem, Mirachor as Shabbos. What does Shabbos there mean? Pesach, right? Not like the not like the tzedukim say that it means literally Shabbos. So they always had Shavuot Sunday night. The tzedukim who didn't believe in the Torah Shabbal Pat, we'll get into that's a whole separate uh, share. We will talk about the the Baisusim and the tzedukim <coughs> who all were once upon a time Talmidim of Antiknish Isocha, who's, who's of Perkei Elva's fame, and they took his. His famous statement, we should not, uh, they took that statement and totally misinterpreted it and started a whole new movement against the Torah Shabbat Pad. We'll discuss that maybe at a separate time. <clears throat> but in any event, we know that Mimacharas Shabbos means, means after Sunday, sorry, after Shabbos. And therefore, just like Shabbos there is Yantif, so therefore the, the Rambam says we have an obligation to make Kiddush, and Havdalah after Shabbos and Yantif. <clears throat> okay, now, what about the obligation of women in Havdalah? Are women obligated in Havdalah or not? So that's what our Mishnah is discussing. The Mishnah says that women are exempt from tefillin, right? But they're obligated in, what are they obligated in? Tefillin, uh, sorry, tefillah, mezuzah, and berchsamazon, and they're part of from Kriyashma and tefillin. So one of the things they're obligated, and we go ahead and say they're obligated in Kiddush as well because of Shmirah, because Yeshna Shmirah, Yeshna Shmirah. What about their obligation in Havdalah? We know they're obligated in Kiddush. What about Havdalah? So it's possible that this question may de- depend on whether it is a mitzvah min Torah or mitzvah mit Rabbanon. If it's a mitzvah mit, mit, min Torah, then the same Hekesh applies, because Yeshna Shmirah, Yeshna Shmirah. Anyone that's obligated Los Haseis of Shamor, is obligated in the assays of, of Zachar. But if it's only Midrabanon, then it falls back into the category of a mitzvah's essay, Shazman Grama, a positive time bound mitzvah in which women are exempt from. <clears throat> now, it turns out, it turns out that the Ramah says as follows in the Halacha the Shulchan Aruch says, <clears throat> in Reish Sadi uh, Vav, Reish Sadi Vav, it says, the Shulchan Aruch, the Mechaber, Rav Yosef Cairo says, women are obligated in Avdalah, just like they are obligated in Kiddush. But there are those who argue, says, Yesh Mishacholik. There are those who argue. Says the Ramah, <coughs> the Ramah says as follows, Women should never make Avdalah for themselves, rather they should hear it from men. And here's the obvious question. We know that women are allowed to make a bracha when it comes to a mitzvah they're not obligated in. For example, there's a very well-known machlokas. If a woman is not obligated in, let's say, shofar, or lulav, or sukkah, can they make a bracha? Do they make a bracha? So that's a very well-known machlokas in Rabbeinu Tam and the Rambam. The Rambam says, any woman who's not obligated in a mitzvah, how can she say the word? Vitzivanu. <coughs> She's not obligated. So in fact, the Rambam in, in Hilchah Sitzis, among other places, says if women want to do a mitzvah 
in the context that they are not obligated but are doing it voluntarily, they do not make a bracha. Sephardi women, in fact, the Machaber passes like the Rambam, when a Sephardi woman will sit in a sukkah or bench luluf, she will not make a bracha. Rabbeinu Tam, of Tosos lineage, says, yes, they do, can make a bracha. Vitzivano is not referring to them, it's referring to the concept of Jews in general, Knesset Yisrael, were obligated in this mitzvah, were commanded in this mitzvah. Are they a part of Knesset Yisrael? Of course they're a part of Knesset Yisrael, they're just not obligated in that mitzvah. That's why they're allowed to say Vitzivano. So it turns out that Rabbeinu Tam says that women can make a bracha, and the Ramah paskins like Rabbeinu Tam, which means that there's a clear line of division. Sephardiot paskin like the Shulchan Aruch who paskins like the Ramah, and they do not make a bracha. And Ashkenazi women will paskin like the Ramah who follows Rabbeinu Tam, we do make a bracha. So if women are allowed to make a bracha, why does the Ramah, and if they're not commanded in that mitzvah, why does the Ramah say, one opinion is that they're obligated in Havdalah. The other is, and the, and the Mechabra says, Yesh Mishacholik. There are them who say they're not obligated. The Ramah says they shouldn't make the bracha themselves, they should rely on a man. What? Okay, that's one answer. Good. Probably not found, not, doesn't have many sources, but. So the question is, why does the Ramah here say that they can't make, they shouldn't make the bracha? If we, the Ramah paskins normally, if a woman sits in the sukkah, when she's not commanded, she makes a bracha. So even if she's not commanded Torah to participate in Havdalah, why can't she make the bracha for herself? Why does she have to listen to him? And he says, They should not make the bracha themselves. He says they should listen to men. Why? <clears throat> Everyone understand the question? What's unique about Havdalah? Why they can't make the bracha if they're allowed to make the bracha by other mitzvahs that they're not commanded in? So the Magen Avram makes a very, very big distinction. He says as follows. He says, that by other mitzvahs, when they're shaking lulav, they're doing a demonstrable act. They're sitting in a sukkah, they're hearing shofar, they're doing a demonstrable act. Where the whole mitzvah is just the bracha, and we're not sure if they're obligating the bracha, they don't make the bracha lechatchila. He does say that if there are no men around, women should certainly make havdalah for themselves, says the Magen Avram, and that's the halacha. But ideally, they should hear it from a man, because here, it's not that they're shaking, they're doing, they did a definite act, and then they're making a bracha on it. The Magad Avram says here, where the whole mitzvah is just the bracha, it's preferable that they don't make the bracha on themselves, but hear from a man. So but in the, the event that there are no men, then they make the bracha for themselves. Where is the Hamavdil ben Kodesh Lechol? Is, is inserting in this... Uh, what do you mean? Uh, some woman said, uh, before they're going to act, Turning the light in Motei Shabbat, they say Baruch Hamavdil BeKodesh Dechor, and then they go ahead and. They don't say Sivanu. No, so they should still. <coughs> so what you what you asking? This is this is not this is uh, nothing to do with Havdalah at home because Havdala we still say Atachon Antanu in Shul and we still make Havdalah at home, right? right. So the two different reasons. One, the Havdalah that we make in Shul is really allow us to do Malacha. They could drive home to allow us to eat. You're supposed to make Havdalah at home first. So two, you're really not supposed to eat before you make Havdalah after after. Uh, after so Motei Shabbos. Havdalah is for the purpose of eating? No, it's really, again, it's, the, it's we... You qu- the Shabbat. Correct. Saying, but, we make have, but we make Havdalah. We're going to get to that in right, a second. That, right, great right. segue. But we, we, know, we make Havdalah right, and right. Shul here. But why do we make Havdalah and Shul here? If we, why do we make go back home if we made Havdalah and Shul here? Because there are two different aspects to Havdalah. But yes, we... You don't have to, because then you won't be able to drive home. Right? So you don't want to have negative Kavana, then that would be bad. 
See, that's what I'm saying. You say that's that's what I'm referring to. By the way, I'm not making referring to the Avdala that we make in the camp. I'm talking about Atachron Tanu. Atachron Tanu that we make Hamavdi Bekanosh Shachol is to allow us to do Malacha to drive home. But when we get home, we should make Avdala on the on the coast and the and the there. That's what allows us to eat. One last question. Yes. If what? That's what we said at first. So it is. So in other words, it may be that if, if they're obligated in min, Torah, then they should be obligated because women are obligated because it falls under the same, just like Kiddush, Koshyesh and Mishmira, we learn from Shomer and Zachar. But if it's the Rabbanon and you don't have that special leave in the Torah, then it's like any other mitzvah, Esesh, Esmangram, any other positive time of mitzvah, and they would be exempt. Beautiful. One last point, to Yossi's point. How long does the obligation, this is fascinating, how long does the obligation last to make Havdalah? So someone said, you make it until Tuesday. So the question is, is Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, are they all equal in the obligation to make Havdalah? Or is Sunday the primary, and Monday and Tuesday are makeups, tashlumen? Okay? For example, does the same obligation last Saturday night through Tuesday evening? Or is it just Saturday night till Sunday evening? And then Monday, Sunday night, Monday, tu- Monday night, Tuesday is just Tashlum and it's a makeup period. What, what, what's the difference? So there's a, so let's say someone is an Onain. Let's say someone, Rahman Aslan, lost a relative on Shabbos and the burial is not till Monday morning. The burial is not till Monday morning. We've, we've discussed this at Nozam that, that, an onain is potter for mitzvahs. An onain is exempt from mitzvahs. We discussed this, right? Onain, until someone is buried, you're potter for mitzvahs. So you're potter from Abdallah. An onain is, doesn't end until the kavura, until the burial. So now the burial was Monday morning. Is the onain who was exempt, Motzei Shabbos and Sunday, now obligated to make Abdallah? So this is a machlokas between the Marami Rotenberg. We discussed that length yesterday. We gave a lot of historical context about the Marami Rotenberg. He, he was the one that was ransomed. He was uh, the, the, the Rebbe of the Rush. And between his time, between the, Rebbe, the Marami Rotenberg and the Rush. So, and this is the nafkamina that the Rush brings by an onain. So the, his Rebbe, who's Marami Rotenberg, who lived in the 1200s, was brought by the Rush. He said one is obligated to make Havdalah because the entire three-day, 72-hour period cool. is the... Iker is the main obligation to say, the Rush says, I disagree. The, those two days are Tashlumen. Monday and Tuesday are Tashlumen. And if you're not obligated at the inception of the Chiyuv, then you're not, then the Tashlumen is only to make up if you were already obligated on the primary time. But since you are Pater, you are exempt in the primary time, you are now Pater for the Tashlumen. There's no Tashlumen. Tashlumen means you make up, you, you're you're fixing a wrong. You're correcting a mistake. There was no mistake. You were putter. This has widespread implications. What about a katan? A katan becomes a bar mitzvah now on Monday. Is he obligated now to make havdalah? No. So this will depend on this. So if you hold like the rush, it's a bit, it has many implications. So fascinating machlokas. If you're not obligated at the time when the chiyuv sets in, but you become obligated sometime later down the road, are you obligated to make up for it? So that's this machlokas. Now we know that halacha, we passing, you can make havdalah until Tuesday. Now in fact, in fact, we just said today in the Sher Shayom, the Chunaranu, because Wednesday is Kabbalah Shabbos. So already Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is for the week before. 
And in today's Shir Shayom, Yom Revi, we already start saying Kabbal Shabbos, Lechun Arana is the end. We're accepting, we're already starting the new week. But we know, for example, if Tishabah falls out on a Motzei Shabbos, when do we make Havdalah? Sunday night. Right? And it's not Sunday anymore. It's Sunday night, which is Monday. And yet we still make Havdalah. So we know the halacha is that you make Havdalah until Tuesday night. But it's a fascinating question now. What is it? Is it that the entire three-day period is considered the Iker obligation, the main obligation? Or is it that just the first 24 hours and then Monday and Tuesday are a Tashlumen? But if you're not obligated in the Tashlumen, in the Iker Chiyuv, maybe you're not high in Tashlumen either to make up for it. And that's the Machlok as uh, the, uh, the, the Rosh and his Rebbe, the Mama Rutenberg, but it has implications not just for an Onain, the, the example that the Rosh gives, but it has implications for other examples as well. Have a wonderful day. Mitzvah, we'll pick up on, uh, on Tuesday. We'll do benching, and then Wednesday we'll start the new Mishnah. I don't think that, yeah, I, I don't know. Probably your, your grandmother. I don't know.